Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you'll hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor, who specializes in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life and just plain life. Here's Leslie. This week, we get to talk to Don Olson. He is a professional herbalist with a practical orientation. I had such an honor to listen to him talk about how he was raised, what he, what his thoughts were growing up, and then to come full circle to where he lands today. You know, um, he is a, an accomplished author, has taught many people about herbalism, and he is just amazing. So I can't wait for you to hear his story. So here's Don. Hi, welcome, Don. Thank you Thanks. so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, I am. I know very little about your journey, so I'm very excited to hear your path. So. You know, as we've talked about, we start off at the beginning, which is what spirituality or religion were you raised with? What was in your home and in your family? And what, what was your experience of it? Well, it's interesting. I uh, was raised mostly by my mother, um, mostly raised by a single mom. My dad left fairly early. I mean, he was around, but uh, he died around 15. But uh, my mom was raised, I think, Lutheran, and she hated it so much that there's just no mention of religion in our family whatsoever. It was like just, you know, it was like she just wanted nothing to do with it because it was, she felt it was so destructive to her. And so, so I was raised with a lot of freedom. Of course, I was raised in the 60s in, in, on the West Coast in, in Vancouver, so... <laughs> So, you know, it was kind of an era of a lot of freedom and my mom was really supportive of that. So, so I was, and then I was a single, you know, only child. We had two, I had a brother and sister, but they were older. So it was just me left with my mom. And so it was just me and her. So, so that, that gave me an incredible freedom and then not having a, a oppressive father. I just had a distant father, uh, absent father. So spiritually how that affected me is partly I believe there's an emergence and, and I don't quite understand it, but if there's seeds inside of us, they emerge at some point. And my first emergence was when I was in elementary school. I don't know what grade, grade three or four, and they were teaching the periodic table. And they were saying, you know, the traditional people were really stupid. They thought there were only four elements. Mm. And I remember, and again, nothing of this in our family system, right? But I remember like waking up in the classroom and going, huh no 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 you're wrong that's that's an it's a powerful thing earth air fire water you know and it's like i'm in the wrong classroom what happened you know like like it was just like waking out of a dream and waking up and and you know going whoa and like looking out the window and then and then you know after a short time a few minutes it subsided again but it was like my first kind of like and and it's like where'd that come from? You know, like I was just an ordinary West, you know, Western kid playing, you know, so I knew nothing about the elements or shamanism or, you know, those kind of journeys. And the second one was kind of, kind of cute too, is my sister was still around and she was older 
And so she would get the job of looking after me. So she'd take me places. So this one time she took me roller skating with all her girlfriends. That's probably around 15 at that stage or maybe, yeah, I think, I think around 15. And she had a car and I was sitting in the car waiting for her and her girlfriends. And I was sitting there and all of a sudden my sister came up to the window and she looked at me and I don't know if I looked back and she said, what are you doing, meditating? And again, it was like this word just like washed through my whole being. It was like, what does that mean? You know, I was like, you know, like, again, you know, I didn't, it didn't, nothing happened then either. Like I just, I just had that experience of what is that word? Like that word was like magic to me and, and the feeling that went with it. But again, it just passed and went on with my life being a 15 year old and doing things that 15 year olds do. But then in about my, around 18, I had sort of my biggest awakening and I came to the realization that I was in nature. I was in a big park in Vancouver called Stanley Park and I was down in a place called Lost Lake. And I realized like my life was not great in terms of, like I was happy enough, but, but what I realized at that time was I was being everything everybody wanted me to be. I wasn't being myself. I was, I was playing a game. I was, I was popular, of course, and, you know, and, and happy enough, but it was like, who am I? You know, kind of like, who is this person? And so then I got a job. I mean, there's some, <laughs> there's some bottoming out at that point in my life too, <laughs> excesses of amounts of, of uh, substances and, you know, crashing up a car and, and just hitting, really hitting bottom and just going, oh my God, you know, where am I going? And that was prior to the wake up call of who am I, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the day that happened, I, I, I was, I was altered very badly and I, not bad, but I drove this car over a stop sign or over a parking sign in front of my mom's apartment and it got stuck on the parking thing. And I mean, I was wasted and somebody came along, some guys came along and helped me lift it off and I limped it back to where it belonged. And it was actually a girlfriend's father's car. And, and, you know, but the next morning I woke up and went, Ooh, like, Whoa, like, wow. I'm kind of, you know, it kind of hit bottom here. You know, like I'm, I'm in pretty bad shape. And, I got this ad for a job and so I phoned them and I said, Oh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this job. And they, I said, Oh, I'm sorry, it's gone. But he didn't hang up and I didn't hang up. Hmm. You know, it's just one of those weird things. We just, and so there was a, just kind of a lull. And then he said, well, do you have any experience? Well, fortunately I had this short job working with forestry one summer and I said yeah and so he said okay well come down we've got this other job and I got this job called timber cruising which is where you run through the forest and you throw a tape around trees and you measure them so you're kind of like hugging trees all day and you're running through the forest and you know was away from Vancouver I had to travel over to the Vancouver Island and go live in a hotel with a bunch of other guys but I hated it for about two months like just hated it and I worked with the laziest guy in the crew and we drive everybody off. Then we'd go and sleep for a couple hours and we'd go and do a few bit of work, come back and pick everybody up. But after about a couple months, I had that realization of, of who I, you know, who am I being, right? Like, and 
just when they were going to kind of fire me, I, I started to pull it together and started working harder. And then I ended up working with, I remember his name was Jim Mudge. He was a Christian. He was a beautiful man, but he was a really simple, pure hearted, you know, ethical man. And he, this was his life. And I started working with him. He was the first one out of the car. He ran all day <laughs> and was the last one in the car. And so he taught me how to work and he, and he just infused me with a, with a simple joy of life. You know what I mean? Like he, he was, he was not, he was like a child almost, you know, like one of those kind of really spiritual people and stuff. So, but then, okay. So that's, that's that stage. And so that's well, how I second. grew up. I have yeah. a couple of questions. So you found, you know, you did the, the, the normal growing up. You remember these, these, these pockets of moments of flashes. I love, of course, that you're an herbalist and call them seeds that were. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and then, you know, you, you find yourself a little lost and a little not centered. Right. And, and some wake up calls, luckily not too bad. And, um, but then you go out in nature and do you Mm -hmm. think that like, spending all of that time in nature allowed those awakenings? Like, is that a piece of it? I think it's very much a piece of it. It's very supportive. And I think also even the fact that it was, it was really hard. I mean, it was beautiful work, but it was really, we were literally climbing up and down mountains without trails, like wherever the compass pointed, you went, you know? And so it was like a major workout. So I think it also was really good for, my physiology, which I think contributes to your psychology, which contributes to your spirit. And of course, like we literally would go out in the snow and Jim was a, you know, he was a a forest guy. So he, he knew what trees to cut sap and we'd have fires at lunch. Like, you know, like he'd just start a fire like that, you know, and we'd sit around a fire having lunch. And, and so, yeah, no. And then I was alone because I'm carrying a tape that's about a hundred, feet long and he's way back there so I'm shooting a, a line and moving and carrying this thing and he says stop and then goes and go so you're kind of like just you and the forest and this other person so yeah no I think that contributed a lot I don't I, that's what I like about my version of spiritual waking or a lot of people's version of is like it's what emerges what happens you know like it it's grace mm. I think I don't know who knows where that grace comes from? I, that I can't answer, but I just know that at certain points in my life, you know, we can go on further as to other things that happen. But that particular job and that particular man were very important at that point in my life. So it was the combination of, I mean, labor, right? Kind of rote labor. So it didn't take a ton of brain power they did take effort and you did have to be there you got to be out in deep wilderness and i also really appreciate how much we are affected by those around us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? oh we like can ride is, in the company we keep there's no question about it oh and and to really one of the things that's important in my life today is just to be very conscious of that and to be very choosy about the messages i receive what TV programs I watch, what all of these things to be very mindful about what I'm ingesting. Right. And so you started to have openings. So, so what happens next? So you're out in the forest, you're doing this. Well, I come home on weekends. Okay. It's just kind of neat. You know, I come home on weekends and um, I'm there Monday to Friday and then 
and and it pays well and i'm not spending much money because i'm you know working in the bush so so that's kind of part of the story so i i you know accumulate quite a bit of money and of course there's always the woman and there's always the the love and so i fall in love with this woman very deeply um she ends up going to europe and so i go and follow her but there's some other stuff that that happens before that too um I did get interested intellectually in mysticism. So there was in Vancouver in the sixties, there were already some esoteric bookstores and stuff. And so I started buying books on mysticism. And then like so many people of my generation, I bought Autobiography of a Yogi. And that, you know, and I've read that book seven times and that was a game changer. Like that was like, okay, there's something here. Um, so who is that by again? Uh, Yogananda. There's a nice Netflix video about him now too uh, that you can watch on on Yogananda. And he just was one of those spirits that came to the West at a particular time and really infused it with this other way of looking at life, you know, like, and very different than the Western world. Is the series The Wild Wild Country? Oh, no, no, God, oh, no. That's God, not him. No. Okay. No, no. I'm not very no, good at names. But no, no, that's Rajneesh or yeah. uh, Oslo, they call it's a couple, him. It's a couple hours from where I live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, no, a he's a whole other ball game. <laughs> he's a, no, this was, this was much more closer to spiritual, like, mm. you know, I'd say like Christianity or, you know, Buddhism or, you know, more, Rajneesh was a total rat, radical, and I had nothing to do with him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but now Yogananda was this 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 sweetheart guy that came from the. But he was, you know, taught. You know, it was he was what are they cultivated to to come to the West by his teacher. So he ended up in California, and he started a center down in California, and it became pretty famous and stuff like that. So, but he uh, Steve Jobs it was the only book he had on his iPhone was was the autobiography yogi yeah Yeah, so interesting yeah yeah it was a very instrumental a very instrumental book and many 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 millions of people's lives it was was a story it was just a really easy read right but it was full of incredible provocative stories and thoughts and so it made you kind of go oh there is there is another way to look at life and like and since I didn't have an orthodox path and i didn't believe in organized religion of the west and and he wasn't really teaching a religion that's the difference between sort of true teachers spiritual teachers for me are they're teaching a method not a you know definitely coaching it in a context and saying that you know ethics are are positive and love your neighbor and they all teach love but they also teach a methodology which is being still you know in all simple putting it very simply is just stilling your mind, you know, stilling your body. And that can be very powerful. <laughs> so then you, so this is one of the turning points for you. Yes. And there's another turning point, which is very interesting. This, I was starting to meditate myself and, and trying, you know, trying to figure it out just with books and not doing very good, like sitting there cross-legged and my eyes closed and then opening my eyes and going up. Okay, and I'm sitting again. And but then there was a man named Fred Lashmore on the radio in Vancouver, and there was a popular radio station. And 
I guess he got hooked too. And he started saying, you ever sit in the room alone trying to meditate and stuff? And, and then he announced this man coming, uh, Ananda Bahavani. He was a white man who'd gone to India and he was doing a workshop in Vancouver. And I was like, oh, you know, fantastic. So, so I signed up for this workshop and I went to it and uh, it was really neat. I, 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 he himself, was, I was not, you know, attracted to as a teacher, but I met, I met some people that are still friends today that, that were very crucial in my development at that point. So there's a group of people that went to this and they became my friends. And then one of them knew this other man that had just come back from India from this teacher and said, do you want to go meet him? And then I went and met him with this group of people and he showed me the picture of his teacher and I went, okay. He's, that's it. He's he's my teacher, and so just so, from seeing it, you knew. Just from seeing, oh no, from seeing it, I knew. It's like no, that's that's just no question about it. He's my teacher, but as the story goes, it was still <laughs> the woman I mentioned earlier. <laughs> so before I got sort of really into that path, I had to go and find her and. And of course, like all wonderful stories with a guy chases her over to Europe and stuff, it didn't end well. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it ended up falling apart, which is, which is fine. It's, it was typical. It was, you know, to get young and it was all projection and all that kind of stuff. The poor <laughs> woman was having to carry this mad struck guy's, you know, projection. <laughs> it's just, whoa, you're just too intense. You know? <laughs> yeah. But, but, the interesting thing is, again, what I talk about people and, and spirits and, and I came back and then I fell back in with my old crowd, like not my spiritual crowd, but I fell back in my crowd of alcohol and drugs. And mm -hmm. I, I was in the West End and I grew up with all these people and this is, I came back home and, and that was where I first familiarity was. So I went back to that, but I was at a club and there was this young man his name is Craig Perkins. He has a uh, Yandara yoga schools, and um, but anyway, that's now. But back then, he was a rat. He was a wild card. He was kind of really devoted to this teacher, but he was also still going to the, you know, still, you know, walking both sides. And but I went to the club, and he saw me, and I he asked me what I was doing, and I told him, "Oh, you got to come live with me and my brother." And I, oh, sure, no, no, you have to come live with me and my brother okay you know like he was really 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 adamant that that was just like there was no question about it i had to come and his brother darren was much was really devout like was a really you know committed kind of meditator and stuff so i said sure so i came and lived with them and i went back to work at the forestry for a little while and so the rest is history from there because from there i went to a place in Vancouver called the Golden Lotus Restaurant, which was a restaurant we started as a group. And upstairs we had a little ashram where we lived and meditated and downstairs is where we served vegetarian food. And so I worked and lived there. And then I was there for about a year and then I went to India and I was in India for six months with this teacher that I had. And it's the best decision I ever made in my life. And, and I had experiences that I cannot refute for myself personally, you know, I mean, they were what I had read, what the theory was, what the teachings were, were the experiences I had. And therefore the, the, the congruency was there for me. And <laughs> in essence, this is the path, but, 
you know, then there's life after. Like I came back and met somebody and got married and had children. And so what? So you have this big spiritual journey. It sounds like yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. committed. You're yeah, very committed. You a place and you have an ashram and you have a teacher oh, yeah. and you go to India, which you know is is not necessarily the easiest. And oh, and no, not and easy do this work. Yeah. And have these, I mean, tell me a little bit about going to India and studying well, with this person. Well, again, India, like, just like I said, I saw that picture and said, you know, that's him. When I got to India, first of all, this, this, this two women picked me up in a Jeep in like in the middle of the night and her name was Cuckoo and Eileen. And then Cuckoo was East Indian. She was actually a princess. She was a beautiful woman physically and spiritually and Eileen and they like these two women all dressed in white and picked me up in this Jeep and we're driving. They talk, we're talking about sensory, right? Like we're driving through Delhi at like two o'clock at night and it's warm and it's teeming with people. I loved India. Like India, <laughs> India was just teeming with life. And so they brought me back to this ashram and it was a beautiful ashram, very, very clean and nice and, and simple. And our teacher was away on tour. He was, he goes away and, you know, visits his, so I had a couple of days to just kind of calm down and, you know, and get oriented. But then all of a sudden I heard master's back, master's back. And so I got, Oh, you know, so I, I run out and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of like literally running towards the car. And all of a sudden he stands up out of the car. He turns, he looks at me and goes bang. And I just physically like stop. And he goes, you know, he literally takes control and says, okay, there's a big crowd. He says, okay, go there and go around now. You know, like he tells me how to get into the house where I'm going to meet him and stuff. But that first contact was just bang. Like it was just like, okay. So yeah, and then I don't, I really don't understand, you know, like I have friends who, I have a really, really good friend who went to high, I went to elementary school with, um, who also went to India with his partner and he didn't have that experience, you know, so I don't, I don't understand, you know, I don't understand what, does that but for me it was maybe if there is past lives it's we knew each other in a past life or and I don't think I certainly know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I wasn't there because of my holiness <laughs> if anything was the opposite <laughs> it was there because I was a piece of work <laughs> and I, but I was willing to do the work you know yeah. meditating six eight hours a day and and doing seva and, and suffering like hell on some levels because I was having to face my demons and my inadequacies and all those kind of things. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to me to hear people's, I just believe that it's okay for this teacher to be your teacher and not to be mine. Yeah, yeah. And I, they don't have to lower, right? No. Like they don't have to make this teacher bad or wrong and I don't have to make that teacher bad or wrong. And Just like Rajneesh. Rajneesh was, was other people's teacher. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's and their teacher. So One of my deeply held friends, like some, a, a person who I love deeply, a family member, is so devout Christian and she thinks I don't uh, respect or like what she does. And, and I do. I just, yeah, it's no, just not my I, path. But yeah. I love her devotion. I am yeah. so honored by how yeah. work she does and i see our work is similar i see the devotion the showing up to your own shortcomings the like the, the the work of the spiritual path and just because yours is a little left to mine right like it yeah. doesn't 
Yeah. And, and, then, and yeah, my, my teacher actually organized World Fellowship of Religions. Like mm -hmm. he tried to bring all religions together in India. And, and one of them occurred while I was there. And I was uh, one of the ushers for it. But also back to my friend Jim Mudge when I was in the forestry. He was a Christian. He was a really good Christian. And he was, you know, to me, he was the most ethical and functional man on the crew. You know, like, you know. And so if it wasn't for him, I don't, you know, he was part of my path. So, and you felt it, right? Oh, you were attracted to it and you felt uh, yeah. that spiritual life he was leading. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it radiated from him. He, he was happy. <laughs> yeah, oh, he had man, found man. His, yeah, he had found his path and, and it worked for him. But like you said, it, it doesn't, never worked for me. I was never, even, I, even, even the group I belonged to, spiritual group, was not really worked for me either. I just not into organized religion of any kind. And so... I found that and still do to constrict. I'm a very free spirit, but I feel really connected to my teacher. And I think that connection will be eternal or whatever, but it's like, that's what's more important is me and the teacher. It's funny. I just met a teacher yesterday for drumming and I just, I'm so excited because it's really hard to find good teachers, you know, wow. but I could just feel the spirit of this person and gone. And then this morning I was going, wow. I, you know, I'm 71 now and I found my drumming teacher, you know, <laughs> I've always wanted to drum, but I've never really found anybody that did it for me. Or I never even went seeking them really, but this kind of, I live on a small island. There was a workshop. So, Hey, you take advantage of things that come to your island because it doesn't, you don't have to go off island. And so I went to it and I just, I just loved it. But I'm just saying that because there's some kind of resonance. Like I'm sure there's other people that went to that oh. workshop where it was a fun thing, but they don't, you know, but, and, and I don't know whether that'll draw, you know, grow into anything or not, but it's just really exciting to meet somebody that you resonate with as a teacher. I like it when students find me that like what I do and, and they go, oh my God, thank God I found you. You know, it's like, yeah, because I, I teach what you want. <laughs> you know, it's not that I'm special. It's just that you want to be connected to trees. You want to, you believe in Davis. You believe in a spiritual, you know, I, well, I advertise often spiritual herbalism because I, I don't want people coming that are totally biomedical. As you and I talked earlier, I'm totally for the biomedical model. It's very important, but it only treats 25% of our conditions. 75% of our problems as humans are, lifestyle oriented and so they can't be fixed with drugs <laughs> yeah. you know, they have to be fixed with a whole bunch of other modalities and that's always a you know, a challenge in itself so so okay so we've we started to get into kind of where you are now and so you go through this big spiritual journey and then you kind of just offhandedly well, and then i had you know got married and had kids and <laughs> but that's well, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, part of your life. I guess then, I was, was going to say back then, it's like that's when the, the work begins. Yeah, you know, right? You know, yeah. I talked about you know, earlier about, you know, teachers who are paths that sort of, you know, go on, sit on the mountaintop and withdraw. And my teacher called that negative mysticism, whereas positive mysticism is, yes, you meditate, you learn how to still your mind, you learn how to go inside, you know, you pray, you do the things you, we talked about. But then when you're not, you engage in life, you participate fully, 100%. You give of yourself and engage and, and, and you jump into the pit <laughs> with everybody else and you realize all your weaknesses and, and everybody else's weaknesses. But that's where we really learn love and forgiveness and 
all those things. You don't learn them sitting in a forest all by yourself. <laughs> right? My teacher says, my teacher's saying, realizing God is not difficult. You know, all you need is humility for that. He said, get married and have a couple of kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your husband and your kids will teach you humility <laughs> like nobody else will <laughs> yeah so. so is this still your same teacher you he's same still my same teacher but like you know typically he's died and there's been a couple other successors and i didn't resonate with the successors so he's okay. still my teacher and uh, like i said and then it got to be a really organized thing and i don't know i just it doesn't I've tried and I've gone and met with the two successors there, you know, because part of it stayed in the family, which I don't, that just kind of weirds me out. Like <laughs> went, went from his son then to the, then his son. And, and I don't know it anyways, just didn't feel right to me, but I still, yeah, no, but I still use the same type of meditation. I use still use the same mantra. I still use, I mean, I, I supplement it with other things. I have a very interesting path. I had a dream about it where, I uh, was talking to one of the leaders of our organization and I said, well, your path is different. You're just strictly this. And I said, I'm this, but I'm that too. So I also had a very powerful shamanic teacher here in the coast, West coast named Ellen white. And she's a coast Salish elder and she's one of the purest shaman teachers that exists because she didn't go to residential school. She was actually part of chief Seattle's tribe and when the when the white people came here and set up the residential school they considered her american her and five other kids so they weren't allowed into the residential school because they were american but thank god because she was trained by the elders outside of school from age of six and she's 93 now um and my wife and i've been studying with her over 30 years and uh and it's been very very powerful it's a very it's a very, it's a much more earthy spirituality than, but, but, but my teacher in India was wild too. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, he was like, like, that's what people think of gurus as some kind of like, I don't know, they got this kind of projection on it of, of a priest or something. Man, the guy had a tree growing through his house. Uh, when he was in the jungle meditating, the scorpions would come and line and sit down around him. And then when he moved from place, they'd follow him in a row. Cobras would come into the ashram, sit and listen to his whole talk. And everybody would want to, heard it go no 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 he's just come for sats i just leave him alone you know and it's like and then i heard this incredible story that was told to me just recently whereas my teacher got up early one morning said driver take me to the redwoods and and the driver was going okay like it was the middle of the night not on the agenda and so they drove wind there and he said stop here and he went out and he went over to this tree and he was communicating with this tree and he came back got in the car and the driver's like, what the hell? And so he kept asking, you know, the teacher, what was that? No, no, it's not, you know. And so finally he was going nuts, you know, like weeks later, he's like, you gotta tell me. And okay, he said, well, me and a friend back in time, he chose to incarnate as a tree because he wanted to experience stillness and, and, and you know, just the solidness of being a tree. And I went, to actually free him and that tree died shortly thereafter mm. so you know you know and then another time he was meditating on a rock in the ganges and and the, the spirit of the ganges came and talked to him like so i'm just saying that india is very earthy just like okay then i go back to ellen white she was native here and the natives of course had total contact with the spirits of the trees and the forest and the rocks and and everything from sasquatches i mean really powerful stuff um and I was privileged to a lot of this with Ellen. Like, mm -hmm. she, 
we adopted each other. I came into her life at a time she needed support <clears throat> and her family still thanks me to this day because I brought her out to teach and to share. And, and she's a, you know, she's been on the Canadian order of whatever and the BC order. Like she's quite an ordered, you know, quite an advanced person. I could, yeah, got it. <laughs> I love the journey. So it sounds like you've had two main teachers. Two main spiritual teachers. Yeah. And then you also said that part of your work, you know, I'm curious about your work. I like, I don't know much about herbalism. I do know the effects of food on our body right, is very important to me. And um, my husband is a, a landscape designer and builder and loves plants and is, I am not earthy. He is incredibly earthy and incredibly <laughs> grounded and I soak it up every chance I get. <laughs> um, so just, if you would, we, we don't have much time, but just a, a, an idea of how those two are married for you. Well, I mean, first of all, my teacher wanted me to have, you know, to, he was very big on us supporting ourselves. And so I had to figure out something to do for a living. So I chose herbs because I was just really attracted to them. And so that's why I chose herbalism was it seemed like a good work. But then when I met Alan and got much more into the spiritual aspect of it, then the marriage was, is that it is all, it all emerges from spirit. Like matter doesn't, spirit doesn't come out of matter matter comes out of spirit you know and we now know this scientifically so to me i was thinking of it today when i was going to, before i was going to do this i was thinking it's kind of cool i'm on a path where you can drink and eat your religion because <laughs> you know like i have this relationship to the trees and to the herbs and and i had an incredible experience so i won't go into details but i actually saw a dave in 1986 actually physically manifested in in my visual sight and talked to me and I don't you know that was a powerful experience because I'm not that kind of person I don't see things but uh, but I did and so I'd been communicating for five years with that tree because another woman is Dorothy McLean from Finhorn I was also one of my teachers so so that's how it's come together is that I don't believe in just treating the physicality of people I believe in treating their spirits as well as their bodies and herbs i don't believe in just taking a herb for its physicality but i also believe in taking it for its you know being with it for its beauty like you're just saying what well, your husband very earthy and you know like if there's so much nourishment in nature as you said like that was part of my transformation was working in the forest from being raised in the city like i was actually raised downtown vancouver at one point i lived right behind the orpheum theater in downtown vancouver so it's like you know i was really in the heart of the city and the west end is the most densely populated place in north america and went from that to like you know vast forests with no trails just going straight through the bush so yeah so that's how they've come together is the you know is and i love and then service. I, I, I love helping people and I've been really blessed mm. to really help a lot of people. And I, you know, I have a feel good file like that's hugely thick. And then I've got a, you know, and I'm not boasting. In fact, I have that because I'm like everybody else. I get doubt and all that kind of stuff. And I go to my feel good file and I, I love, I love people as much mm. as I love nature. So kind of that's where the two come together for me is is and we were encouraged in positive mysticism is engage serve you know and i you know like everybody else i've had bad experiences with people but i've had good experiences and and who knows if the bad were that bad i mean i mean like that's the irony of life you know sometimes the the things that we think of you know are the worst actually turn out into being the best 
in a weird, strange way. So. Well, the most transformative. That's, yeah, more that's transformative, the yeah. for me, right? Yeah. And so I really love listening to people's through lines, right? And, the, and, the, and everyone's different paths. And what I hear you saying is it's nature, it's community, mm -hmm. it's a teacher. You know, I believe so desperately or, or so firmly about everyone needs a teacher. Like mm -hmm. Everyone needs mm -hmm. a teacher. Mm -hmm. And your teacher needs a teacher. Like everyone should. Yeah. Have, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right? yeah, yeah and it's yeah, just yeah. that check you and balance. That, yeah. Your teacher needs human. a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. That's a really thank you. That's a that's a gift. That's I like that. Yeah. And, Everybody's and, got to remember that teacher had a teacher. You know, it's like it's not like they. And that's what our teacher would say all the time. It's like, look, I'm just passing on. Like I, you know, it's a humble thing. You know, it's like me too. Like I'm, you know, people, you know. You know, some people are, you know, <gasps> you know, and I go, I'm just sharing what was passed on to me. You can be that too, you know, and that's something he keeps saying. I'm a person just work. like you. Yeah. You just stand in your work, right? Yeah. Like I've been doing this work for a long time. You've been doing it for much longer than me. Like there is something about honoring the work we've done. And totally. like, oh. You know, and just like you, I, I believe like, yeah, you know, I work with women or people who want to find relationship and, and there are physicality to it. You know, you have to leave the house usually, right? Like you have to leave <laughs> and I give them tasks to do. And then there's like this deep spiritual undercurrent that happens behind the scenes and as well as, right. And, and both things are, you just have to acknowledge both and work with both and, and that we're both humbled all the time by that. And, and so, so tell me, a just give a five second, your elevator pitch for your work. I would love to get your work out there. And for more people, if you feel called, like you said, I love this idea of, I saw the picture and I just felt called to that, right? Like so many of my teachers have come to me in that way. So if someone hears your voice and heard your story and is just called to that, tell me about you. Spiritually oriented herbalism connecting to nature and connecting to people, learning how to really intelligently and practically use herbs and other modalities to connect with the herbs and to be able to transform them into medicines and then being able to apply them in all different ways, whether you're applying them shamanically or practically, whether you're putting a poultice on or you're taking somebody to a tree and getting them attuned to a tree, mm. then, you know, that's my work. And then the last thing is really into the collective. We have the Mentorship Collective, uh, Grassroots Herbalism, believe very much that it's medicine for the people, by the people, of the people. It's not meant to be this particular path. I'm not, there are other, just like religions, there's other Yes, but in my particular path, it's a grassroots path. So it means that I want to empower people to know that they can grow their own medicine, they can make their own medicine, they can go into the forests and gather their own medicine. They're not dependent on corporations or, you know, high tech. You know, it's very low tech medicine, but it's as old as time. It goes back. Mm. I talked about Carl Jung. Carl Jung said plants are in our psyche because we've been using them for hundreds of millions of years, like a long time. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for this conversation. It is, You're yeah. welcome. as always, it's deeply filled me. So that's why I'm doing nice. this. Um, and what we will do is in the liner notes at coachlesley.com forward slash podcast, you will find a link to Don's website. And I will also add links to his teachers. Yeah. And so if you are interested in any of these teachers lit up for you, please go look and see if they are your teachers. And so 
again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Grassrootsherbalism.com. Very simple. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spirituality Out Loud. Be sure to rate us, review us, and like us on Facebook, and share us with your friends.